And you had to bring up that first experience of my preaching here at Grace Bible Church. There's a story behind that. First of all, my name is John Montoya. As Dan introduced me, I uh, serve as the youth pastor here at Grace. And uh, it's a privilege to be with you guys. I love hanging out with college students and uh, love the energy, love the excitement. Um, <clears throat> Uh, just a little background on that story. There was uh, <laughs> my first time of preaching here at Grace. I just got hired here at Grace. I was uh, like Tanner, a young man. I was 23 years old, I think, when I first uh, got hired here. And Pastor Brian said, it'd be good for you just uh, some Sunday night to, uh, to share your testimony and to preach a message. And I said, great. So Sunday night message. And, and I forget even what I was talking about. But at one point in the message, um, I was talking about success in the Christian life. And instead of saying success, <laughs> I said sussex in the Christian life. And I couldn't say the right. I was like, sussex. I, I just kept trying to say it right. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, this isn't good. So I finally moved on. The congregation was looking at me like, and I was like, let's just close in prayer. This is, this is not a great way to kick off your preaching ministry at Grace Bible Church. So uh, we got past that, thankfully, but... Still, from time to time, you'll have parents come up to me, John, can I bring my kids to tonight's evening service of your, your teaching? And, and, uh, <clears throat> but it is a joy to be with you guys this morning. Again, like I said, I love hanging out with college students. A little bit of background, I've been serving here at Grace uh, for 10 years now. I was hired in 2004 and uh, work with the youth ministry, love working with students, and um, been married for 13 years to my beautiful wife, Tracy. Uh, we got married young. Uh, at 19, I know some of you guys <clears throat> were married young also. Some people say, John, would you you'd get that married? Uh, if, if you had it over again, would you get married that young again? I would say, yes, if I could get married when we were 18. We were, got married when we were 18. We've uh, uh, known each other uh, since we were 12, kind of junior high sweethearts in a way. And I remember still the first time we were at the church, and I saw her for the first time, looked across the parking lot, and I was like, wow. I mean, she is hot, you know, we're, but I'm 12 years old, right? So I had to, <laughs> I had to rein that in, but uh, thankfully the Lord moved me away, but we kept in touch, and, uh, and then we became, uh, started dating at the end of high school and, and got engaged early in college and got married. We have two kids, Marion and Macy. Marion's uh, 10 years old. Macy just turned nine. They're about a year and a half apart. Uh, I'll be honest, guys, I love, uh, I've loved every stage of our parenting, but this season of life... Uh, we especially just love our, just enjoying this season of life with our kids. I get to uh, coach my daughter's basketball team. We, uh, just the level of conversations, the, uh, the times that we've had together. Is parenting hard? Yes. <laughs> uh, it's very challenging. Ask any parent, no question about it. But for us in this season, the joys of, uh, of parenting have definitely overwhelmed the, the difficulties and the challenges that go along with that. Well, yesterday afternoon, I was sitting in my office and just thinking about praying about uh, what I wanted to uh, share with you guys this morning for chapel. And the, the topic that came to mind was walking with God when life is wearisome and, and enduring and, and pressing on when the Christian life is just plain hard. And have you guys ever walked through seasons of life like that where it's just, it's just hard to wake up and hard to put your clothes on in the morning, your shoes on, go to class, go to work, and you just feel like the weight and the pressure of life is just significant. You know, there's some seasons of life where we just seem like we can skip through, it's joyful, but some are, some are hardful, hardful, painful, and hard, and difficult, and, uh, and some of those seasons um, last for just a little while, but sometimes they can last for a very, very long time. In fact, Trace and I were reminded of that the other day when we were... Um, 
Tracy was interacting with a friend of hers who's battling cancer, and she said, you know, Tracy, it's just, it's, it's just life is hard. And, and getting up in the morning and, and uh, just the daily aspect, the daily fight to, to live life. And, and um, Tracy and I, we were listening to a song recently that really uh, ministered to us, has really ministered to us, not because we're necessarily in that season, although we've been in those seasons, but just thinking about people who are, who are walking through those kind of seasons of life. And uh, it's a song by 10th Avenue North. It's a, a song called Worn. I don't know if you guys ever heard that song. It's a good one. I'm going to have the guys just play a little bit of that song. And I think there might be some lyrics here that just to kind of, uh, and maybe as you're listening to it, you might be able to put yourself there or, or think of others who might be in that kind of season of life as well. <clears throat> great song, isn't it? And uh, maybe some of you guys have uh, heard that song before, and, and if you don't have it, download it. There's a lot of other great lyrics in that, in that song, but I'm sure some of you guys can relate to that song. Maybe in this season of your life, maybe you're walking through circumstances where, where life is heavy. Maybe it's just the, the daily responsibilities of life, or, or maybe because of a circumstance or a relationship, and, or, or maybe you know of others who are walking through similar circumstances, and, and um, and the question that comes to mind is, how do we walk with God through those kind of circumstances? How do we endure 
And how do we press on? How do we put one foot in front of the next uh, when life is hard and when life is challenging? Well, there are a number of passages in Scripture that, 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 that address that very issue. But the one I have in mind for us this morning and one that I often go back to uh, in my own study of God's Word when, when just life is hard and, and things are difficult is Hebrews chapter 12. So if you brought your Bible with, me, uh, uh, with you this morning, open it and meet me at the 12th chapter of the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 12. And I'm just going to read verses 1 through 3 and draw a, a few principles here from Hebrews chapter 12. And then we'll, uh, <clears throat> we'll talk about some of those things this morning. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse 3, for consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Really, the key emphasis of this entire section is a word that you see used three times. It is the word endure or the word endurance. And in the negative sense, this word means to not waver, to, to not give up, to not slow down. In the positive sense, it means to forge ahead, to press on, and to, uh, to remain steadfast. In fact, one commentator said it this way, endurance is the steady determination to keep going regardless of the temptation to slow down or give up. And the fact that we're called to exhibit this kind of equality implies that the race of the Christian life, it's not easy, it's hard. And in some seasons of life, you guys know this, it's especially hard. And that's why it takes great endurance to live the Christian life. Without endurance, you may start well, but um, most likely you won't finish the race as hard and as strong as you ought to. When it comes to running, I learned this lesson the hard way a few years back. A few years ago, I was working on a, a seminary degree down at Masters, and uh, through a, a, some friends of mine, I was able to, to link up with this couple who lived very close to where I was taking classes. And every morning I'd get up. The classes were, were eight hours a day, 8.30 to 5.30, uh, for like two weeks straight. And so it was intense. And so every morning I'd get up early at like 6 and go for a three-mile jog and run and, and then come back, shower up, head to class. And uh, this couple who I was staying with, Matt and Kelly, they started noticing I was running. They said, you ought to come with us some morning and, and go running with us. I said, sure, uh, let's do this. It'll be fun. They said, Ours, our run is a little bit longer, four to five miles. You should be fine. I said, great, let's do this. Um, just a little bit about Matt and Kelly. Um, they were good athletes. I mean, really good athletes. Uh, Matt was, uh, played baseball for Arizona State, went on to play for uh, baseball for the Angels. Uh, Kelly was a... Uh, Olympic gymnast, and both of them just have stayed, stayed in great shape with uh, biking these long trails. They run marathons, Boston Marathon, L.A. Marathon. Uh, all of that would have been good to know before the run, <laughs> but I didn't know any of that until after the run, and so a great confidence. I said, hey, let's do this. Let's go, and so we go on this run, and, and, um, and so we arrive at the parking lot. I still remember. We arrived at the parking lot one morning, and, and and we got out, and they started stretching. So I was like, I never stretch. I started stretching, and I'm like, all right, this will be great. And then we're, boom, we're off. First half mile, great. A mile, uh, things are going pretty well. 
mile and a half, I'm really starting to feel it. They're like sprinting, it feels like. And I'm like, whoa. Uh, we, uh, let me rewind the button. The night before, they said we we're going to go up a little hill and then come down the other side. So we, we get to the two-mile mark, and we go around this bend. There's all these trees. We jump over these logs, and we come around this corner, and just panic mode sets in because all of a sudden I come face-to-face with this apparently small hill that we were going to go up and go down. This one was just the opposite. It had a, a snake path that headed, you know, one direction, and that was up. And as you can imagine, you, you probably can guess what happened. We were uh, running, and I was behind, and of course, there ahead, we hit the, the hill. We're going up. My thighs caught on fire. You guys know that feeling. Um, they were ahead of me just conversing about the day, talking about what was going on, uh, who was going to pick up who later, and all this. And I'm just behind, just doing everything I can not to pass out. Um, well, as you can imagine, um, uh, as the run went on and as the, the slope got steeper, I eventually, uh, eventually had to stop. And even though I'd hoped to push through, what prevented me from finishing just as strong as I had started was a lack of endurance. Or you could say it this way, the thing that I needed most to finish well was the thing that I lacked the most, and that was endurance. And interestingly, the same, same principle holds true for the Christian life. Endurance is the key quality to starting and finishing well. And here in the, in the book of Hebrews, or in Hebrews chapter 12, the author of Hebrews in this particular text exhorts his readers to endure, but not only to endure, it gives us some keys to know how we can endure in the Christian life. I'm just going to highlight a few of the principles. The first is to remember those who have walked faithfully. That's one of the keys, remembering those who have walked faithfully. Look at verse 1. He says, Therefore we also since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. The word therefore at the beginning of the verse shows us that there's this inherent connection between what is described for us in chapter 12 and the men and women who are described for us, those those models of faith recorded for us in chapter 11. Uh, Most of you guys are probably familiar with chapter 11. It's a a chapter commonly known as the Hall of Faith in which the writer portrays a a group of men and women lined up on a stage who serve as faithful examples to us, uh, examples to us of faithful obedience, especially in times of difficulty. And what the author of Hebrews says in chapter 12 is that these believers, they stand before us as examples. These faithful men and women are like those sitting in the stands of a race. Listen to this, guys. Not for the purpose of watching us. (laughs) but for the purpose of serving as inspirations to run our race well. Maybe some of you at one point or another heard somebody teach on this topic and say, oh, you, know, the race, you know, the people who have gone before us are sitting in this great coliseum watching us, cheering us on. Um, I don't think that's what, uh, what this passage is teaching. Instead, the encouragement for us is to look to them and to learn from their example. How do they serve as encouragement to us? Here's how they serve as an encouragement to us. Um, by showing us that there are people who have done it. There, there are people who have walked extremely difficult paths and they endured. Have you guys ever faced something in life and thought, man, there's no way, no way I could go through this. No way I could <laughs> push ahead and, 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 and persevere and, and go through this circumstance. Well, the men and women of Hebrews 11, they serve as examples, uh, examples to us that it can be done. There's a sense in which the path it's already been paved, and the trail, it's already been blazed. And, and, and our job as Christians isn't to create a whole new path or to blaze a whole new trail, but to simply walk in the footsteps of those who have gone before us as recorded for us in Hebrews chapter 11. 
And so how do we endure in the Christian faith? How do we press on? Number one is by remembering those who have gone before us. Number two is to remove every sin and distraction. Look at verse 1. It says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Um, the, The image being portrayed here is of an athlete stripping down for a race. If you're familiar with athletics, then you guys know that the goal of an athlete, the goal of a runner is to wear the least amount of clothing possible so nothing is a hindrance. And, of course, if you've studied the, the, the Greek culture, you know that those men ran in the natural. And we won't talk any more about that. But, uh, but that's what's being talked about here. In order to run effectively, the writer says you've got to get rid of the useless weight. I remember illustrating this once doing a, a chapel at Heritage Christian. And, Matt, I know you hung out with those kids uh, last week, and they're, they're just so fun. But, but I went and did the chapel with the kindergarten through second grade, and we said, you know, we were just talking about, uh, you know, nothing hindering you. And, and, and so I, I illustrated that by having a young man come up. He was a little kindergarten boy. His name was Wyatt. And I said, Wyatt, do you think, I said, Wyatt, you stand over there and you run to, to Mr. Montoya. So he ran full speed. And then I said, I said, what do you guys think if we threw a bunch of weight and clothes on Wyatt? What do, you, do you think he'd be able to run as fast? And so <clears throat> the kids were like, yeah, no, you know, all that. And, and uh, so we put on like, I had these old shoulder pads from when I played football, my helmet, a, a winter coat, some baggy pants, you know, with <laughs> a belt. And we just threw all sorts of stuff on Wyatt. And I said, Wyatt, run to me. And Wyatt took one step and just went, boom. And, and he landed face first. And the class just went, yeah, and, er, and erupted. They loved it. And, uh, but that's what this passage is talking about here. There are certain things that need to be eliminated in order to run the race effectively. And here the author uses the term weight and sin. Weight, it could be uh, anything. Weight, uh, for example, it's not anything necessarily inherently wrong. It could be a good thing. Uh, it could be uh, outdoor activities, sports, hobbies, television shows, uh, social sites such as Facebook, anything that if not viewed with the right lens or, or controlled in your life, it can be a problematic ongoing uh, issue in your own spiritual life. Those are the weights or the sins. Sin, obviously, you can't you know, run with endurance, run with excellence, and hold on to sin at the same time. To run the race effectively, you have to be willing to strip down anything that entangles you in a sinful way. By the way, what sin is is that for you? What what temptation is that for you personally? What sin do you constantly hear the voice of the Spirit of God pricking your conscience to rid yourself of? For some, it's anger. Uh, For others, it's lust. For others, it's lying or envy. Uh, Maybe for you, the issue is laziness. What sin comes most often between you and Jesus? Well, based on verse 1, the job of every Christian is to develop an awareness of the weights and the sins that are a hindrance and to seek to eliminate every single one. Just a couple more principles. The the third is to refocus your faith on Christ. Look at verse 1. It says, uh, laying aside the weight, the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance, the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus. I love how the, I think it's the NASB translates that last part, fixing your eyes on Jesus. That's what gives us endurance. It's not a plan. It's not a program. It's fixing our faith on Jesus Christ and resting our faith in him. That's what gives us joy. That's what gives us endurance. It's fixing our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ, fixing our eyes on him. Maybe I can ask you the question this morning. Is, 
Does that describe your Christian life right now? Let me ask the question this way. Is Jesus Christ, is he just a part of your life? Or is he the point of it? There's a big difference, isn't there? Between Jesus being a part of it and Jesus being the point of it. Let me ask this question. Have you guys ever walked through a season of life where the Lord just seemed distant? You felt like you were praying and your prayers were just bouncing off the ceiling and just coming back at you. And you just feel like, man, I just don't feel like the Lord is close. I know I have at times. And in looking at my own life, I think those moments can often be traced to a shift in focus in something other than Christ. What I mean is in the midst of our routine, we reduce Christianity to Christianity and not Christ. We begin reading our Bibles and, and going to church just to put a check on our checklist rather than to know Christ better. We engage in certain activities and we avoid other ones just because that's what good Christians do. But can I just encourage you with, with something this morning? Christianity is not about behavior modification. It's not just about doing more or trying harder. It's so easy to begin to define our faith that way. Instead, Christianity is first and foremost about a relationship with the living Savior. He is the one who should be our focus. And he is the one who should be our primary motivation for living out our Christian life. John Owen said it this way. He was an English Puritan. He said, a constant view of the glory of Christ will will revive our souls and cause our spiritual lives to flourish and thrive. The more we behold the glory of Christ by faith now, the more spiritual and heavenly, uh, heavenly will be the state of our souls uh, in our lives. The reason that the spiritual life in our souls withers is because we fill our minds with other things. But when the mind is filled with the mind of Christ and his glory, these things will be expelled. And that is how our spiritual lives are revived. So a third way to, to run with endurance is by fixing our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ and not on other things. And then fourth is recalling the endurance of Christ. Verse 3, he goes on to say, Looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Here in this text, we're told that, um, let me back up a little. The word consider in verse 3 means to to think closely about something, to, to contemplate or to ponder. It's not talking about just a a quick glance at something. It's talking about meditating on something. And so here's the question. Have you guys ever considered closely what Jesus, what gave Jesus the ability to endure through wearisome times, through hard times of life? I think we could all agree that Jesus suffered a great deal over the course of his life. We could go through the New Testament and look at examples of that. But uh, what, what gave him endurance? What gave him joy to press on? You know, some people at this point say it was, it was the fact that he was God, the fact that he was deity. Nothing fazed Jesus because he was God. Um, I, I don't believe that's the right answer. In fact, I know it isn't. Um, certainly, Jesus maintained his deity throughout his ministry and throughout his earthly life. Um, but Scripture doesn't, the Bible doesn't say that that's the reason for his endurance. What we are told in Scripture, and specifically in Hebrews 12, is that what gave Jesus endurance was the joy that was set before him. In other words, Jesus' confidence in future realities is what gave him endurance in the, moment, in the moments of life where he suffered the most. Jesus knew that the outcome of his pain would be salvation. 
and redemption and glory, and therefore he endured. Can I ask you a question that we started with this morning uh, uh, during our chapel? Do, do you ever get discouraged in life? Life can be wearisome at times. Do, do you ever get tired? Do you ever get weary? If so, then consider the endurance of Christ. And remember that the very thing that gave Jesus endurance is the very thing that gives us endurance. Looking ahead and focusing our minds on truths and realities that are eternal. So what are the keys to endurance in the Christian life? What are the keys to starting and finishing well? There are four of them. Number one, remembering those who have walked faithfully and learning from their example. They give us hope. They give us encouragement that it can be done. Number two, removing every sin and every distraction so that nothing is a hindrance. Number three, by refocusing our faith on Christ, who is our author, who is the author and finisher of our faith and the very source and joy of our salvation. And number four, recalling the endurance of Christ and choosing to walk and live as he did with a focus on things and realities that are eternal. Those are the things that give us endurance as we live the Christian life. Would you pray with me? We'll, uh, we'll pray, and then we'll, we'll be dismissed from here. <clears throat> Father, it is a reality. Uh, it's just a reality of, of life, that life uh, can be very hard at times. And there are days in our lives where uh, we're filled with joy and, and feel like we can just sort of skip through life. But uh, there are other days where life is uh, just plain hard, and it feels like we only have enough strength to, to put one foot in front of the next. And so, Father, our prayer this morning is that, especially when we're in those seasons of life where life is hard, that you would give us fuel for our faith and help us to press on in our Christian lives, especially, again, when life is hard and circumstances are extremely difficult. And, Lord, help us to, help us to fix our eyes on Christ. And as we do, may what brought him joy, may what brought him perspective give us joy and give us perspective as we walk through life. We pray this together in Jesus' name. Amen.